Xfinity is a proud sponsor of Connecticut Voice. Hey, this is Connecticut Voice Podcast with Kyone Wolf. I'm Kyone Wolf. 11-year-old Ella Briggs is the fourth Connecticut Kid Governor, a civics program for fifth graders created by the Connecticut Democracy Center. She's the first kid governor who's gay. And thanks to huge advances in our society and a few painful obstacles in her life so far, LGBTQIA plus issues are central tenants in her work. You'll hear how she got elected. Spoiler, it was a popular vote. What it's been like in the heat of the public eye, who she looks up to, if she has any future political plans, and whether or not being kid governor comes with perks, like a later bedtime. We met in the old state house in downtown Hartford, which used to be a Capitol building. Her office there is the same room where our governor sat between 1820 and 1878, the last occupant being Richard D. Hubbard. Since 2016, this big, boomy room has served as the official office for Connecticut's kid governors. All right, on to the interview. I asked her to introduce herself. My name is Ella Briggs, and I am Connecticut's 2019 kid governor. You ran on a platform of LGBTQ youth safety. Mm -hmm. You won the majority of 6,400 votes from fifth graders from 87 schools in the state of Connecticut. Yep. You've been in office 11 weeks and one day at the time of this recording? I guess. I haven't really been counting, but sure. (laughs) What has been the best part so far? So far, I like meeting all the different people and getting to know them and know their stories. It's really fun. I read somewhere that you really like to ask why. Mm -hmm. Why does why matter? Because why matters because... If, like, anything ever happens, you always have to ask why. Like, if someone says, like, I want to run for president, you have to ask why so you can get to know them better. And it's always good to ask why because it gives you more information about what's going on. And I think that's good. All right, so let's back up a little bit. What made you decide to run for kid governor? How did you hear about it? And what made you think, I'm going to go for it? Every class gets the opportunity to write a speech, say it to their class, and then the class will vote on some kids to say it to the whole school. So we were looking at our past kid governor, Megan, and we were learning more about her and her platform. And I thought that like a lot of my friends have like come out to me and like saying that like they're not comfortable being who they are. And I wanna like help them with that. So what was the process like when you said, all right, I'm going to do it, I'm going to go for it? Did you have to, you know, write an essay? Did you have to Mm -hmm. fill out, did you have to draw blood? Did you have to... So first we learned more about, like, the democratic system. Like, that was, like, our social studies unit. And then we started to write, like, a speech, like a campaign speech. Everyone got to read out their speech in front of the whole class. And the class chose their top three candidates. By one vote, I was in the top three. So then the three of us from our class, three other kids from another class, and three other kids from another class read it out to the whole fifth grade. So, and then fifth grade voted on one kid from each class. Then those three kids read it to the whole school, and the whole school voted on one kid to be their school's kid governor. 
Then me and Mr. Bank, he's like one of the teachers there, we made a video, like a campaign video, and we sent it to the Connecticut Democracy Center. And the Connecticut Democracy Center chose out seven of the videos to show like to all the fifth graders. And then all the fifth graders across the state voted for one video. And I won. So you won by popular vote. Yes. What a concept. The person who gets the most votes wins. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's a fair process? Yeah. Now you've got three points for your platform that you're focusing on. Tell me a bit more about them. So my platform points are pride, hope, and love. So I want kids to be able to feel pride in who they are. So I'm going to give out um, a resource that for elementary schools so students can jumpstart their GSA at their school so they can feel pride at their school. So the resource tells them logistically how to build out this organization? Yeah. Like who, how often you meet and how long yeah. it goes and things you could talk about? Yes. Okay. For HOPE, I'm setting up a poster contest and the winning poster will be used as a marketing tool and we'll hang it up around Connecticut for foster families and foster kids. So LGBTQ students who are kicked out of their homes for being themselves can find a loving and safe home. That makes me think about True Colors yeah. and their mentoring program with Kamora Harrington. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah. So they can like feel hope that they will find a loving home. And for love, I'm going to train teachers by doing a webinar and it's going to include me, some other LGBTQ students, and a professional development trainer. And we're just going to explain what to do if kids are having bullying problems or there's a child that's out at their school and like how to help out with that. You've been bullied. Yes. Can you count how many times? Too many. If you could go back mm-hmm. and talk to yourself when you first started getting bullied, when you were younger, Mm -hmm. when you were just a wee child. (laughs) What advice would you give yourself? Don't be so sad, it's such a waste of time. Talk more about that, what do you mean? Well, a lot of days at school, I spent the whole day being so sad because kids were mean to me and stuff and I wasn't able to enjoy school or get a lot of my learning done, so I wasted too much energy on being so sad that I didn't, I wasn't able to actually make real friends. Do you find that you're close to people who have also suffered? I don't know, when I think about my friends, I think about people who've been through different stuff, different challenges, Mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot to learn from my friends who've been through different challenges. But I also sometimes feel drawn towards people who've been through painful experience that are similar to mine. Yeah. Do you feel that way sometimes? Yeah, especially at my school. We have a lot of kids who are very poor or have experienced hardship or trauma in their life. And actually, like, my closest friends, like, my dearest friends, like, their, like, fathers are in, like, prison and stuff. I just like being there for them and being able to help them. Like, they're really sweet kids. They've just been through a lot. You have a cabinet. Yes. Tell me about the cabinet. 
So I have a cabinet of the other six final candidates for kid governor. They all each had their important platforms like children's literacy and food for all, to name a few. But so we are all going to work together to accomplish my platform, but also we're going to work together on their platforms too. Because even though they didn't win kid governor, they can still make a big change. Is that sort of like how it works in government? Yeah. That's cool. How much have you learned about the process of how government works through this process? Like before, like in like fourth grade, I was really confused about like the whole process and everything because we never really like learned about this stuff in school. So I was always like, so how does this work? How does this work? And I was always asking my sister and she's like, go away. Cause I was asking too many questions. <laughs> But this process like really helped me learn more about the um, democratic system and like how people can like run for like from the mayor of the town or like student council to like the president. So it's really helped me a lot. I like it. I think that this is really important to have in schools. Like schools are teaching us how to do calculus and we don't even know how to wash our clothes. I think that schools should teach kids how to split a bill when there's more of a party than just two. So back to running for kid governor. <laughs> when you found out you won, mm -hmm. talk me through what that felt like. I couldn't stop smiling. I just felt like, just thinking about it right now makes me smile so hard. I just was so happy and so honored that, like, fifth graders voted for my platform, like, especially my platform, because my platform was so different, and it was just really amazing. What was the inauguration like? It was so much fun. I got to meet so many different students and adults. I got to meet Johanna Hayes, who is my favorite person on earth, other than Ellen. <laughs> Does Ellen know about this? Let me and, see what I can do. And Lin-Manuel Miranda and Michelle Obama. But I love, kind of love everyone, I guess. Yeah. I have a lot of love in the world. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. I liked to be able to stand up in front of the crowd of people and get sworn in, and that was so much fun. And my mom and dad and my sister were there, and my best friend Katie was there, and my grandma and grandpa, and my other grandma was there, and my, she's not my real auntie, but we call her Auntie Lo, and her daughter Carly were there, and they're all like really important to me. The first time I ever had a crush on a girl, mm -hmm. I was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I remember she was across the room, and I knew, I knew well enough not to say anything. Mm -hmm. But I just remember specifically, like, whoa, feeling like I was on fire a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. There are some people who say, you're too young to know. Yeah. How do you respond to that? Well... Like you, I had my first crush when I wasn't even in kindergarten. I was in like pre-K, right? It was when you guys were doing Into the Woods. And my dad was the baker and the baker's wife. 
And by I the remember... way, you have great eyebrows because <laughs> you. you just raised them very powerfully. Go on. Thank you. But I remember I was like three, and I was wearing my Hello Kitty PJs, and my dad was holding me. And she walked up to me, and she's like, "Oh, cute PJs." And then the next day, I was like, "Where are my Hello Kitty PJs? Where are they?" And I was crying, and I was really upset because I couldn't find them. It was so stressful. You're clearly not over it. I'm not. <laughs> and so you knew that you knew that there was something different about you. What was it like when you? Who was the person you you first came out to? Well, I never really came out. We were in Denmark, and we were walking. You know, just walking around. I was. Five or six, and there was this poster of two moms like welcoming home like their son that they like just adopted, and I looked at the poster and I'm like, "Mommy, that's me. That's me and my wife." And they didn't say anything about it. They were just like, "Cool, sweetie." And then when Malcolm Moore came out with that song, "Same Love," I thought that he wrote that song about me. <laughs> Because I didn't really like understand that like like there are multiple other people like me. I was like, oh my gosh, mommy, Malcolm wrote a song about me, and she's like, yeah, sweetie, good job. <laughs> but I never really like came out except for I came out to like my grandma and grandpa actually at a pride festival with a bunch of drag queens, and they were like cheering me on. They're like, get it, girl. It was a lot of fun. I got to tell a story at a storytelling event once, and it mm -hmm. was about my coming out story. I came out when I was 16, and it's a funny story, but also it's painful. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of a different era. Just like before yeah. me, it was a different era. And after you, it'll be a different era. And afterwards, one of the people who was in the audience sent me an mm -hmm. email, and she was like, in the car ride home, my daughter, my little daughter, asked why it was difficult for you to come out. Like she didn't understand my story because she didn't realize that it was a problem to come out mm -hmm. uh, or it was hard to come out. Mm -hmm. And so here you are knowing that you've got a crush on, <laughs> on a lady at three years old yeah. and being able to freely talk about it with your awesome family and express yourself. That's it's kind of like the way it should be, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you think about 20 years from now, how do you want kids to be able to know themselves the way you do? Do you think we'll make progress? I really hope so. Um, I hope that kids will be able to really, truly be themselves. Like, slavery ended a long time ago, but there's still racism. So it's never going to entirely just go away. That can't happen. But 20 years ago it was different and I hope that 20 years later it'll be just a little bit better. Do you read the comment sections? No. I have my friend read them for me and then I tell them how many hate comments and actually so far like on like Facebook and stuff there's only been like one or two. Yeah. So that's good. Embarking on this position mm -hmm. no matter what you say or do there's always going to be people who are going to want to give you a hard time or who mm -hmm. don't get it. Yeah. And so there's a lot of different kinds of people who are like that. And so if you could beam a message into their head, 
if they don't get what you're saying or they don't believe you or if they don't think you should have a say in this sort of thing, what would you beam into their head? I would beam into their head that everyone deserves the right to be themselves and the right to love and be loved in return. If you ever have any questions or are confused about something, you can ask me. Get educated. Yeah. I read something about a gingerbread person. Will you tell me the story about the gingerbread person? So that was the not the most fun I've ever had decorating a cookie. And it was even made out of paper, so we couldn't even eat it at the end. So all the girls had to put little skirts uh, and dresses on their gingerbread woman. And I'm not really about that kind of stuff. So, And the boys got to put a bow tie and pants on their gingerbread man. And I'm like, I just want to put a bow tie and pants on my gingerbread man. And then my teacher threw it out and I had to sit in the naughty chair. And then my mom pulled me out of the school. (laughs) When you were sitting in that chair, how did that feel? I was really confused because I didn't understand what I did wrong. And I was crying and I was really sad because I worked really hard on that gingerbread man. It was fun to make, and she threw it out. I was just like so upset because my kindergarten-year-old self was like, I was so proud of that gingerbread man. But now I'm mostly upset because she wouldn't let me put that kind of stuff on my gingerbread man. Like at that time, I didn't really understand what was going on. Like why would she throw that out, you know? But now I'm like, that was not good. Now, if you could go back in time and say something to that teacher, what would you say to her? That is not a nice thing to do, especially to a kindergartner. You shouldn't ever do anything like that. I'd take it out of the garbage and I'd give it back to myself. And I'd be like, anyone can decorate the gingerbread cookie in any way, even though it's not a cookie, which was very aggravating because I wanted to eat it. No, I want one. When you're out and about uh-huh. and people don't know who you are, uh-huh. do you ever get to kind of pull out that card and be like, you know who I am? <laughs> well, and that's a pretty funny story because I was at the dentist once. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? You kind of look like the kid governor. And I'm like, uh-huh, because my mouth was open. <laughs> so I couldn't talk and I'm like, ah. And she's like, what's that, sweetie? I'm like, never mind. So, and I never end up, ended up telling her that I was a kid governor. It was pretty funny. Uh, what's your bedtime? What? Do you have a bedtime? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, on the weekends, we like to party with our friends. So maybe 11, 12. And on school nights... Mommy goes, head on the pillow, 8 o'clock. Now, I can't help but ask about the future. And I know you can't see the future. Yes. But you know yourself. Yes. In 24 years, Mm -hmm. you'll be 35. Yes. And when you're 35, you can be the president of the United States. Yes. Are you into it? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'm going to graduate from college when I think I'm 25 because I want to go to law school and I want to become an attorney for LGBTQ rights. And then once I turn 25, I'm going to get my name out there on the Democratic side. And I'm going to um, like share my voice and hopefully I'm going to run. And then this interview will be stored at the uh, end of the National Archives. Sure. All of them? Yeah. Now you're 11. Yes. You will be 35. Yes. Send yourself a message. You're 35. You just won the presidency of the United States of America. What message, what do you want to say to yourself? Okay, if I just won? Yeah. Never feel sorry for yourself. You will be so happy all the time because you did it, you made it. You're the president, but this doesn't mean that you can get to stop working. You have to work even harder now and try your best. And even when your term is up, keep on making the world a better place. All right, last question. Yes. When you put your head down on the pillow, mm -hmm. what do you think about? Well, my puppies and my family, but also think about like me, like as like the president with like my wife and my wiener dog. <laughs> the presidential wiener dog? Yes. Do you have a name for your future presidential wiener dog? Mm, Goober. <laughs> and I'm gonna have a cat, a kitten, and I'm gonna name it Padasha, cause it's, the step of the cat in like ballet. I take ballet and it's fun. And I think about like meeting Ellen at night. Like I think about going on her show and how excited I'll be. I had a dream that I met Lin-Manuel Miranda and I woke up and I started crying because I thought that it was real. And I was very disappointed that I didn't meet him. And I think about like how lucky I am to be able to be kid governor and I think about like how happy my life is right now and everything good. Governor Briggs, thank you for talking to me. Thank you for questioning me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that was 11-year-old Ella Briggs, the fourth Connecticut kid governor. To see all of her work and the work of the Connecticut Democracy Center, visit ct.kidgovernor.org. Thanks for listening to Connecticut Voice Podcast with Kion Wolf. If you liked this show and you want us to grow, subscribe to it. And please share this episode on your social medias. And leaving us a review really helps the algorithm gods float us to the top. And if you have someone who you think would be a great subject on this podcast, email me, podcast at ctvoicemag.com. And of course, check out Connecticut Voice Magazine for more great interviews and photos. It's a quarterly magazine, and I love how this podcast and the magazine really complement each other. Check them out and sign up to get yours at ctvoicemag.com. This episode of Connecticut Voice Podcast with Kyone Wolf was brought to you by Xfinity, a proud sponsor of Connecticut Voice. This podcast is always made possible by Connecticut Voice Magazine, of course, and by me. My production company is at kionewolf.com where you can see all the other shows and goodies I've got for you. You can sign up for my newsletter. Find me on the Twitters and the Instas at Kion Wolf, and on the Facebooks at Kion Wolf Productions and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Wolf. All right, I'm done saying I'm Kion Wolf. And remember, I need a better sign off.
Bye.